Hello and welcome to Digital Cowboys episode 50. Dated Thursday, 10th of April 2008. Go us. 50 years old. Is that Ruby or something? That's, it's a, it's parchment. I don't know. That's, that's gotta be silver, isn't it? Or gold? Something. No, it's got, if you're married 50 years, that's your gold, isn't it? Or your platinum. Uh, we'll, we'll work at some point during the show, we will update you on that. Um, but we, we're that. But we're not really going to be majorly celebrating or having a special episode until two weeks from now for our year anniversary, 52nd episode. So uh, stay tuned for that one. Okay, we've got a packed show for you today, as always. Uh, start off with breaking news about Rock Band. Very breaking. Um, Who are we? we oh, sorry. We the are Digital Cowboys. <laughs> the Digital Cowboys. I'm Alex Shaw. I'm Paul Shorten. I'm Tony Atkins. What? Okay, Tony. Whenever you do that, you always go, I'm Tony Atkins, and you leave it in a kind of a, uh, kind of, you gotta go, and I'm Tony Atkins. I am officially Tony Atkins. He is Tony Atkins. The one and only. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the Digital Cowboy, baby! Okay, so Rock Band, then Paul's gonna be talking about Never Back Down. Um, meet the Spartans. He took one for the team seriously on that one. Uh, Tony's going to be talking about Beowulf briefly because uh, he finally got to see it on Blu-ray. Uh, I think you said you also see it done Sega Superstar Tennis, Rainbow Six Vegas 2. Uh, I'm going to be talking about briefly about Junebug. Uh, I played a bit of Ikaruga earlier today. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, me too. Okay, I'll be talking about that. And we'll be finishing off with a major uh, review of Son of Rambo. Okay. Shall we? Okay. <laughs> Indeed it is. So shall we crack on with the breaking news about Rock Band? All the children rock. Cage yourself, my cock. What are you doing? Romeo and Juliet. Don't look so fucking bored, make it look exciting You look like you're angry with me and you're ruining the fucking show Come on, Cage, it don't stop it It doesn't work without the cowbell anyway Yes, let's Yes <laughs> Okay, uh, it, Paul, when's it released? Uh, Rock Band is released in uh, the UK, France and Germany uh, on the 23rd of May On what format? Yes at last. <laughs> on what format, you ask? Well, it is released... Alex, it's funny you should ask. It is released on the Xbox 360, uh, uh, first, first of all. And that's it. And it's that's a, it. it's a timed exclusive uh, <laughs> so for the Xbox 360. All you solo PS3 owners out there, screw you guys. And PS2, and of course Wii, but you're lucky enough to get it on Wii at all. So. Yeah, I mean, the, I, the, the, those versions are, will reportedly uh, be released later in the summer. Right. So God knows when that's going to be. Anyone's guess. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, we are not by any means the first podcast to cover this. I listened to GameSpot and Giant Bomb earlier today, and, they, and I think IGN even mentioned it. Um, so basically, we are not first on this news, but <clears throat> we are the first European podcast I've listened to. <laughs> People who have actually got to deal with this bullshit. So uh, if, in case you didn't know and hadn't heard already from a little bird, how much is this going to cost, Paul? Um, <laughs> current, 
Uh, best as well, I think you should, you need to start back. You know, how, how is how is the bundle working? I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, first off, let's just go over what they do in America and and how much that costs. In America, you get the rock band bundle, so it's basically yeah the special rock, edition bundle. Special, yeah, edition. special edition bundle. You buy the drums, the uh, guitar, which is wired, and yep. the microphone, and the game, and the USB hub. So basically, you can plug that straight into your 360. It'll play straight away with uh, with three other friends, uh, bish bash bosh, on the 360. Just Jump on the store, whatever you want to do. Brilliant. Rock band in a box. How much is that? How much is that going to set you back? One hundred and eighty dollars. One hundred and eighty dollars. How much is that in real money? Eighty-five uh, quid, isn't it? About, about, no, it's probably more like ninety-five quid. Would you pay ninety-five quid for a complete? Damn right. I know I would. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, let, would you furnish me with the details of the UK and indeed the rest of Europe uh, release? Uh, of rock band. Uh, in a out, one second, I just got to shuffle a bit because EA has just screwed me up the arse. Oh, <laughs> sorry, yeah, me. T- oh. I've just got to get up and, and walk about a bit because oh. I'm very sore and I'm sorry. I like a little bit of foreplay when I get rammed up the arse. KY Jelly was not provided nice. in the rock band pack. <laughs> so yeah, just okay. Kill the tension. What, what's happening is as follows: uh, you'll be able to buy the uh, the instruments separately. Uh, what? I believe. <laughs> I believe the wait wait let's hear this is this is the deal the yeah. the wireless guitar the wireless Fender is available on its own for sixty quid the, uh-huh. the drum kit I believe is uh, last time I checked was seventy mm-hmm. I think was the amount it was and you can buy the all of the instruments in a in a bundle for one hundred and thirty quid oh that's good we, yeah. oh yeah I'll it sounds brilliant you think you think awesome yeah. special edition bundle same as America one only about one tiny little tiny little thing oh yeah what? the game's not included the what now. <laughs> The game? You mean the game? The important <laughs> bit? Oh. So, let me get this right. So, the game's going to be, what, recommended retail price of... 50, 50 quid. quid. Which means 50 it'll be 40 quid, quid everywhere, really. So, yeah. 40 quid. So, that bumps the bundle up from... 130 to 170. Yeah. 170 pounds. <laughs> now, as I said to Paul yesterday, I actually wouldn't mind if they just bought out the special edition Super Bumper Pack with with the game in it and said, that'll be 170 quid, please. Yeah. And and just just because you're paying far out the ass for it, we've made sure that the guitar is wireless, so you're getting the best for what you're clearly paying huge amounts for. But they didn't do that. They've basically made you have to buy it separately. Faff about. and uh, But significantly... I, Paul, I never talked to you about this, but Tony mentioned it. Is the guitar going to be wireless or not? Or do we not? Um, we don't know. Uh, one has to make the assumption that it actually is, because there is no, as far as I know, there's no USB hub in the uh, in the box, which uh, they would have to include if, uh, surely, if that was the case. So um, it, it it suggests to me they're completely bypassing the whole wired guitar nonsense and just going straight straight for the wireless. But the wireless ones are now out in the states anyway. Well, I would imagine but, if that you know they've they've taken all this time. And they've they've had the choice. Right, what should we make of these guitars in abundance? It costs us an extra three dollars to make this wireless. <laughs> Shall we make it wireless, or should we make the wired ones? It, it, it potentially doesn't, because ultimately, it, one of the problems is that it uses the um, uh, proprietary Microsoft technology, the wireless technology in, in in the guitar. It's the same thing with the yeah. the, the Les Paul. Um, so it's not not. It can be a problem. It can be problematic. Yeah, and the, they're only this. They're only the second company that's ever been allowed to do it. I mean, the other yeah. one would be Activision. Well, Red Octane, yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, if, if they've got it available as well, why not, in all seriousness? If people are paying this much for it, 
Why not? Well, we hope. Well, exactly. Exactly. I mean, we have to, we, we sit here not knowing this exactly, but uh, based on the evidence we've got presented in front of us, one would logically assume that it would be, it would be that. But obviously logic sometimes goes out the window. But at the moment, we, we just don't know. Why would... do you think they're charging this much for it? Um, there's, there's contributing factors. I mean, I think, I think, I think it was, it was ridiculous for people to expect that it would cost 95 quid when it came out here. Completely, oh, no, that's completely yeah. absurd. Quite, quite apart from the fact that, uh, you get sales tax charged, uh, at the till in the States anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you, $180 probably is probably somewhere over 200 bucks by the time you leave the shop anyway. So, uh, VAT is quite high. It's yeah. what, 17 and a half percent. The average, well, I, I don't know what the average, uh, tax, uh, by, is by state. I seem to recall the ones I've been there, it was like 6% or something like and that. And there's no yeah. avoiding it, because if you do import it, if you do bite the bullet, you're going to get buggered by the VAT import duties. Yep. So uh, you, you pretty, pretty much, much either way. If, if it comes to this country and, and gets to your house, and you have the but, privilege of living in Europe, then you're screwed. But you see, this is why I think most sensible people were, were betting on 130 quid. Because yeah. what normally happens is, is something costs 129.99 in the States... Then you just transfer that over to pounds. It's 129.90 pounds. That's what it's always worked out like. It's like they pay 50 bucks for the games, but we pay 50 quid for the games. Yeah. No, you can't always just look at the estranged rate and say, well, you know, we're paying double the amount, although we are paying double the amount. So, you know, we're not. It's not uncommon for the Europe to be shafted, but it does seem just to be this time. It just seems to be a little more, a little <laughs> bit too far in the wrong direction. I mean, it's a game. I mean, yeah. it's what it is. I mean, what they're char- what is killing us here is paying money for that disc, mm. not for the instruments because the instruments are obviously costing. Yeah, they cost them a lot to make and import yeah. and get all over all the materials. So what's killing us disc? Here. Come on, it's the price of a disc. Now you'd think that you know maybe EA hoping that they can cement this game. It's got to go up against Guitar Hero. It's got to make itself yeah. a present known in Europe, which it isn't at the moment. So you would think at least maybe early on that they may give us a little bit of a. Uh, you know, we stick it in the pack for the time being, even for a limited run. Say for six months, we stick it in the pack. But they're not doing that. So, you know, it seems like we're getting really shafted at the moment. Also, specifically, uh, there's no point selling Rock Band on its own um, on the PS3 because it won't work with the Gibson Les Paul. That you, you know, I mean, could you use your own SingStar mic with it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that. Maybe technically, for SingStar fans, there is. Yeah, I don't think yeah, that's the, but Don't don't forget that off. by the time uh, the game comes out here, the um, you, you've got the, all the, the the drum kits will be available on their own. It's not like when it was launched in the states; it was all in one bundle, and that that's your lot. Nothing yeah. you can do about it. It's not. It's not quite the same. I think so, after all this time waiting, it is just a real kick in the teeth. I don't know. I'm, I'm glad it's coming out. I will buy it on the day. I'm just what the the format that I buy it on the day is still up in the air. As in, will I buy yeah. just the drum kit and get that sent to me and buy the game on the day from the supermarket, or will I get the whole shebang? Will depend entirely on whether the guitar the the Fender is wired because I am not paying extra for a wired guitar. I've got one. Cheers. I mean, but I'm not. In all seriousness, I'm not going to be using the Fender. Sharon's the bass player. <laughs> I'm going to be playing Mick Gibson. Thank you. Yeah, see, I, I, mean, I see you, no reason to go, Sharon, couple, there you go, I have a Fender. You've only had a couple of goes on it, so I think it's too early to, to call straight away that that's not the guitar you're going to love instantaneously because, you know, you played it in an awkward environment. So there's a chance that, no, I'm not saying that it's a massive chance, but there's a chance that you if may If that happens to, like, to be the case, I will buy a wireless one. 
And but that's, it's going to have to be a very specific case of every time I come around to you and I play it, it's like, oh, I'm loving the Fender. Got to buy me you one see, of these. In which case, I'd be buying a wireless one anyway, so no problem. But here's my problem. I mean, this this isn't a problem for you, me, or Paul, you yeah. know, or anybody that probably listens to this podcast and has been in the society for Rock Band as well, because ultimately it's the game we've been really waiting for this year. So if it comes out at two hundred pounds. So be it, we're going to pay the money. My biggest concern here is that this game needs to make a foothold in Europe. And at this price point, it's the same price, or it's, it's more than a, an Xbox 360 would cost you. Yeah, it's yeah, more Xbox than a Nintendo beyond. Wii would cost you. You could buy a PSP and they give you £50 back. You know, it's ultimately, it's just a game. And when Dude, the I game costs more than consoles... £50 back? <laughs> <laughs> when a game costs more than the actual consoles you're playing on, that to me just strikes as a little bit of a problem. And personally, I, I think that they may see slow sales at the start of this launch, yeah. and maybe the price will come down once once it, the end of summer and they get it out for the PS3 and all the other ones, and they just all level yeah. it there. You know level what? It I'm down, but it the hmm? exact opposite. I predict the exact. I predict that you will not be able to find the um, the instrument pack anywhere because everyone's going to buy this like crazy and EA are going to go <laughs> and go to sleep on the giant piles of money and well, see, the I, same I, will happen again and again and again I would have agreed with you but I, you know, I've been going around a lot of forums and I, I have seen hundreds of posts where people have been going sorry too much you know at 130 pounds I wasn't I was on board but this is just taking the piss and I've read literally hundreds of posts being the same until the price comes down that's something sensible then I'm not going to buy it you know and that's just and a lot of people were saying you know this was going to be my game of the year but I just I physically not going to put that kind of money down so I think you know they may have made a mistake but only time's going to tell them. They're going to change it now. They're not going to bow to peer pressure. This is EA. They never bow to such demands. But it's just a, it's a shame because it's like Christmas Day. It's like, yay, rock bands released 23rd of May. It's so, but it's Santa's like, yes. stuck in the chimney and Santa's dead. Well, or someone <laughs> didn't buy the batteries for the present. Yeah. Oh, um, no, even worse. Or, or someone like gives you rock band for Christmas and you're like, well, and it's like, yes, but now I need your firstborn child. Yeah, tough. What? <laughs> or more accurately, they didn't buy the, didn't buy the game. Yeah. yeah, we didn't get the Christmas. It's got an instrument pad there, you're looking at. <laughs> You'll have to forgive really? us, listeners, because it's... Oh, this has really kicked us in the nuts, and we're going to have to... Well, let's move on, because we can't make it any different. You, watch this space for any more news. Yeah, I mean, it's fair to say that uh, it's 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 li- highly likely that a lot of the retailers will be uh, uh, doing bundle deal deals, that kind of thing, uh, to you know alleviate some of the problems. I mean, Play.com, for example, have the entire bundle down for a hundred quid at the minute, so yeah. um, which is actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah the that. instrument edition, as it's called. So yeah, I mean, we are. <laughs> it's not an edition. It's a big that's box full called. of instruments that's that don't like, do anything without the game. The technical name they've given it, but God's you know. Harmonics have attempted to try to provide some, you know, obviously they're not necessarily responsible for the the decisions on the pricing, but they have attempted to suggest that there are there are other other factors that need to be taken into consideration. I uh, think that it's not as simple so, as EA I, did like a survey and said, "How much would you pay for this game?" And basically, the, they they took the the like top top amount <laughs> and then yes. just slashed twenty quid off that and said, "Right, okay, one hundred eighty quid." 
Well, I, some I of said, it is some of it is to do with um, the uh, the way the instruments are di- uh, the distribution of that. Uh, it's not they they don't necessarily have the same infrastructure that uh, necessarily Red Octane and Activision do yeah. across Europe. So um, they might have a different. They might have other other things, other issues to deal with when it comes to import bringing these things into the, into the European market. So you know we don't but, know. But can you confirm, Paul, that when it does turn up in the UK, it'll have Manu Chow by Les Wampers on it? It will indeed, as we confirmed several several weeks ago. Yes, uh, I mean I went to a Les Wampus concert. I I said to Paul earlier, well, I, I, well yesterday, I, I think possibly what's happened here that there could be two reasons for this. They they undercharged upon the the original shipment in the states. They were desperate to get it like a foothold, and maybe they were just not you know, just maybe selling it for slightly a loss. And I think I believe they've sold 1.5 million copies in the states so far. So and it's been. They've lost a thousand during a uh, giant truck robbery, apparently. Yeah, but not. I mean, the, the instruments have been breaking, and hopefully, the, the stuff that's coming into Europe are all the ones that have had the uh, you know the technical stuff fixed them. So we're not going to have drunk it to break within two hours. Mm. You know, the horror stories we're getting from the states. And two, the only thing I'm, I'm thinking with the instrument pack is they're seeing Rock Band as a platform. You know, as a bit like iTunes or, or something like that. You know, you buy the instruments. Although, why nobody would buy the game? But you know, it's almost like, well, there's your instrument, there's your platform. You, know, so you can play, you can play it. But it, it's just, it, it seems illogical. Yeah, because I agree the, that they're seeing it as a platform. But imagine if a Wii came out with only one game. Sorry, hang on, it did. Carry on. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's very odd. And the thing that they're, they're obviously aiming their platform to do is downloadable content. You know, because. Well, no one could afford that shit. If, if basically, uh, yeah, the first few months you're like, oh, sorry, dude, uh, I'm living off crackers and ramen noodles. <laughs> I cannot afford the DLC, but I can well, live with it. Was it, was it 163 a track or something? Well, no, it's, it's, the pricing is the same as the um, yeah. uh, as the US. Uh, so you get the packs and uh-huh. some of the tracks. There's only like about three tracks I could find that are 80 points, including Beethoven's C by T- Serge Tankian. I would be buying game. that because I like Absolutely. Serge Tankian. So I like Beethoven song. too. <sighs> okay, let's move on because this is just going to create a little bile otherwise. Okay, Paul, <laughs> um, you're the best around. Nothing's going to ever keep you down. Never back down? The Karate Kid remake. Sort of. Remake of the Karate Kid. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> is that not what it is? I haven't seen the Karate Kid in years. So oh man. Okay. What? Well, shy, small school kid comes to school and like he gets like beat up by bullies, and so he learns ancient karate from Mr. Miyagi, and then he takes part in a contest, and then he beats everyone by using his crane kick, which everyone imitated in the schoolyard. Is that is that the basic film? No. Okay, right. Tell us what the film's about. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, not really. No, uh, uh, it's just the plot's a load of old cobblers. This kid who he, he basically, you know, in, yeah, he has trouble. He has a hot temper. You know, gets in brawls with blah blah blah. Uh, incident at the school he's at. Uh, gets involved in a fight in a, a football game, American football game. Uh, and so moves, uh, and they then they the fa- family have to move. Uh, not not. Partly because of that, partly because his younger brother is moving to get a, t- a, t- a tennis scholarship. At school. I mean, the plot so he got is a load in one of little fight, and his mum got scared. Yes. What, where did he get sent to live? The Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> no, really, I, I had no idea that's what you were going for. Thank you. Um, yeah, the, well, yes. So that so he, he arrives at this new school in in uh, in Florida. 
in Orlando and, uh, well, just sort of tries to start to fit in. Uh, but his reputation rather precedes him, thanks to YouTube oh, cool. and other stuff like that. It's very exciting. He meets a uh, kid called, what's his name? I, Daniel. What the hell is it? I'm, I, I can't even remember his name now. The bloke. <laughs> German Hansu. Mr. Miyagi. No, not that guy. The, the kid, the school bully. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, Ryan, that's his name. Call him, um, Czech. Chuck. Ryan, right. He, right. he played, uh, he played Volchek in, um, the OC. Fat <laughs> fans. Uh, <the laughs> people who have seen the OC will know that. Basically, it turns out this kid's like a bit of a brawler. He likes to fight. You know, they, they, they all invite him around to their massive house. Uh-huh. You know, and then they have a ruck. Just uh, you know, the, the, the you know th- these plush houses with you know these massive mansion type things. Lots of kids having a party. I mean, where the fuck are the parents for starters? Yeah. It's completely ridiculous. Is it social commentary? Is it saying, look, look, the parents they've gone off on holiday and they're all rich and this no, is what's happening? Not really, not really. It's just <laughs> it's just an excuse to have lots of sequences where there's lots of young people just all over the screen. Uh, a lot of the females. Wearing not a hell of a lot. Uh-huh. The blokes probably, you know, all topless, flexing their muscles, and then occasionally just having rucks for no reason. Uh, it's, 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 that's pretty much the plot, really. This it's, film sounds odious, I have to say. I wouldn't necessarily say that. It's, um, it, it, the, point, the point is the plot is kind of all, it, you know, if I tried to, attempted to describe the plot, how, you know, he, he then, you know, he gets beaten up by this kid, then, uh, meets some bloke played by Dijon, Dijon Hounsou, or however you pronounce his name, uh, who's like a, who's like a, he basically teaches him how to fight, you know, probably not, not, not explicitly with the idea that he can then go and kick seven shades of shit out of this. No, no, it's so guy. he can learn who he is. Yeah. Exactly, it's that kind of rubbish. It's, it's, it's pretty much exactly, you know, if you, if you looked at the trailer and you thought, well, how on earth is that film gonna end? That's almost exactly Exactly, it plays out exactly as you would expect. <laughs> well, it's, um, it, it provides absolutely no surprises whatsoever. Does he beat the bad guy with a crane kick and then get the girl? Well, he, he's already got the girl by the time they even get to that point, oh, so right. I suppose. Okay. It, on, that, on that count, at least. Uh, Dude, he's got Heather. You don't even know Heather! Well, yes. Uh, incidentally, <laughs> the, the, the girl, uh, Amber, Amber Heard, by the way. Uh-huh. Thumbs up. Pretty women. <laughs> Love. Okay. But, okay. So, yeah. What do um, you give it as a rating? As nonsense as it is, as, as nonsense, <laughs> it's, it's a load of old nonsense, really. But it's watchable. Yeah, and in a week, yeah. in a week when I've seen <laughs> other stuff, uh, <laughs> which we'll get to, um, yeah, yep. uh, you know, it was, it was. It passed by. It passed the time by. You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily wouldn't necessarily say go out, rush out, see it immediately or anything like that. But it passed a couple of hours by perfectly satisfactorily for for what it is. It, it is as three. It's a load yeah. of old nonsense, cool. but three stars. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Cool. Um, right. Okay. I've been looking forward to this one. Oh, <sighs> sitting back, got a cup of cocoa. Tell us about Meet the Spartans. What do you want to know? I want to know how bad. I want to know in extremely eloquent language uh, what a rotting carcass of of, of piss-filled maggots this film is. Okay. (laughs) Right. Okay. I'm just going to read to you very briefly. This is the first paragraph on the Wikipedia entry which describes the, and I'll use this term loosely, plot. Are you ready? Yep. You're sitting comfortably. I am. 
The film opens with a Spartan elder inspecting a baby that resembles Shrek. He then proceeds to kiss it as the narrator paraphrases the words of Dilios uh, about the Spartan selectiveness of their citizens. The baby vomits on the inspector and is then rejected and punted off the hill. The next, ba- uh, the, the next baby in hand, the narrator says it is Vietnamese and Brangelina gets first dibs. I mean, you, you, you can get the idea. I mean, this is basically... Uh-huh. Right, take 300. Yep. Right, Quite stick in a load of, uh, you know, hey, stick, you know, basically, hey, I mean, a lot of reviews have commented on the fact that this film is basically, hey, 300, it's a bit camp, isn't it, you know, and that's the joke, right? <laughs> you then chuck in all sorts of references to all sorts of other weird and wacky stuff like, you know, American Idol, really relevant stuff as well, you know, Dude, and, Happy and- Feet, uh, yeah. as I said, we, we already mentioned Shrek, you know. Uh, Brangelina. Ghost Rider is on the front cover there, so, you know, really spot on. I am I, honestly trying to remember where Ghost Rider was. I, he, what, was he there? Britney Spears shaving her head? Oh, she's crazy. She's... Oh, please. Yeah. Oh, is yeah. Ugly Betty in this? Yes. Yep. Ugly Betty is yep. indeed in it as the Oracle thing. Reference to so lame. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Okay, so as, as I, I think we've already established, the film is basically a a spoof parody in inverted commas of the film Three Hundred, uh-huh. with all sorts of all sorts of uh, gags, yeah, jokes, etc. Inverted <laughs> commas again uh, about all sorts of different things. For example, there's a, there's a parody of the torture sequence in Casino Royale, for example, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Right. Um, but, but before you carry on, Paul. Yes. Tony, what does the word spoof sum up to you? So, when you think, hear spoof, what do you think? I think the biggest pile of shit in the world. The, <laughs> the, the problem with spoofs are they're never as funny as they think they are. Uh, um, often um, never as funny as the uh, films they're parodying, even if the films they're parodying weren't comedies. Exactly. And <laughs> really, there's only ever been two or three that have been any good. Obviously, the Naked Gun franchise is, is Zucker has generally been involved in, in them. But, it's just dangerous territory. The thing that amazes me with spoofs time and time again is that they go on to make money in the cinema because they're so cheap to make because they're just they're lame ass and they they cost nothing to make because no one's put any time or effort into them. That right. um they always make back money and you know Meet the Spartans has probably already made back money. I, I'm at the moment wanting to slip my wrist just listening to Paul talk about it. Oh God! And I know Paul that you you wanted to go to the cinema and you really wanted to see a bad yeah, film. Yeah, let me just but, let me just I, say. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you, I need to, I need but let me to, just, let me just, let that. me just finish on that, right? <laughs> My time is far more precious than seeing <laughs> that piece of shit. It re- I had the opportunity to do it a couple of days ago, and I really sat there and went, no, I'll just, I, 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 I think I might as well go to bed. It's just honestly. But, you know, I, I love, I want to hear what you say about it, because I know it's going to be awful, so just lay into it, yeah, please, and give it, it the, the venom okay. it needs. Okay, I'll, pref- yeah. I'll preface this first off by saying that uh, uh, I met up with, a f- I saw this film on Sunday, uh, and I met up with a friend of mine, and we basically wandered around, we were in London, and I wandered around looking for something to watch at the cinema. And in the end, we decided that we weren't really in the mood for anything particularly serious or thought-provoking, which ruled out... Uh, frankly, Score! <laughs> frankly, which ruled, ruled out a lot. Uh, frankly, a lot of the films playing playing there anyway. So we decided to try and find the worst film we could possibly, uh, you know, we we could. So um, we we searched around. We you know wandered up and down, looked for the hotly and the notly. That wasn't on, disappointingly. Uh, so we ended up plumping for Meet the Spartans. Boy, did we pick a doozy! Um, 
really, it's mind it's mind boggling. Basically, we sat there uh, in the cinema, uh, just aghast at the the horror of what we'd just seen. Um, I can't really begin. It's a bit difficult to know where to begin. It was it's entirely laugh free. Is the first is the first pretty obvious thing to say. And at one point, I actually started I started chuckling almost in a kind of um, semi sort of. You know, we—I I was in a weird place. Let's put it that way. <laughs> akin to akin to a situation several years ago when I was watching with the same friend. I, when he, who actually was uh, went to university where we lived. We shared a house together for two years, and I remember sat there one evening. We were watching uh, the eleven o'clock show, and I actually started started laughing. And he turned to me because let's say the eleven o'clock show was fucking shit, and um, including allergy. Uh, he was the best thing in it, but this, yeah. I think by this point he left. Oh. Um, he wasn't doing it anymore. And basically, I started laughing. He looked at me slightly puzzled. And I said, no, I'm not laughing at the program. I'm laughing at the fact that we're not laughing at it. <laughs> and a similar thing, a similar euphoria came, uh, washed over me in the cinema. Um, I mean, there's, there's so many things. It's a bit difficult to really know where to know what to say. I mean, it, I'm not really sure who this film is actually supposed to be for, ultimately. Um, I can only come to the conclusion, having seen it, stupid people, maybe? <laughs> um, I, don't, I just, I just, I mean, it is in entirely laugh-free. There is no, nothing of any merit in this film whatsoever. Um, I actually, interestingly, seven years ago, pretty much to the, to the month, I saw, I, I uttered those fateful words wow. in, a, in, a, in an Odeon in Stoke-on-Trent, to the uh, the guy behind the cash cash deal, one for dude. Where's my car? Please. Oh, <laughs> God, this this is is in the same sort of ballpark. I cannot honestly remember a film uh, that I've seen in quite some time that is as bad as this. Uh, you know, it's it's worse than Little Man. It's worse than uh, that. Jesus. Rubbish Tarantino movie that, oh, that I hated. Whatever. Yeah, Death Death it's worse than that. It, it's it, it is completely without any merit whatsoever. There is, there is nothing, there is nothing good about it. Absolutely nothing. What's depressing is the fact that it's, what, 60, I think it's like, the film is 84 minutes long. And by about the 70th minute, the film is over. And we were like, Sorry, what's going on? We, so we, we didn't, and then we, as the credits roll, you see all these, these, these references to, you know, um, uh, what's it, Dane Cook impersonating, you're like, who's Dane Cook? Uh, George, George W. Bush impersonating, you're like, sorry, I, I don't remember seeing that. And then what looks like the deleted scenes, uh, that presumably would be included on the DVD and under normal circumstances just start rolling. And they're as equally unfunny as the whole, the film you've just seen. Um, it's, yeah. right, I mean, did anyone laugh in the cinema? So was there any morons in there who actually laughed? <laughs> let, let me be clear on this. There was four of us in total in the auditorium. I am strangely and satisfied by that. It, it the other two people, audience. the other two people actually turned up about ten minutes into the movie. Uh, by which point they missed some hilarious, like the, the, the having a fight with a giant penguin bit. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> again, did you sh- this- shout out? You didn't miss much. No, really not. I, I frankly, uh, I was about I. I don't, I don't quite know how I, I was in a strange place. Let's put it that way. 
Um, it was, it was, it was lonely, depressing, and isolating. And but at least I was there sharing the the horror of the experience. In fact, for several hours after the movie, I, all I could do was just sort of wander around, slightly dazed, going, "Seriously, w- what just happened? I don't, I don't understand." Uh, the trailer, you know, I mean, we we discussed the trailer already. You know, the it starts mm-hmm. with you think, okay, what what do you possibly think is going to happen next? A dance off, right? That scene goes on for ten minutes, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> um, what? It's my really, it's 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 agonising. It's agonisingly terrible. It it pick it um. It throws in references to, you know, the most. Oh, oh look, let's. I tell you what. Who's who's a, who's a tar? Who's, who's, who do we think we could possibly mock now? I know Michael Jackson. Harry Hilton. Oh my no, god. No, Michael Jackson. Interestingly, no. It's just. It's just I, mean, I was Lowen, thinking of like well timed sort of you know well, six years out uh, gags like they do in Scary Movie. You know, you've got you've got um, yeah, they read of them when they were coming out. <laughs> No, no, seriously, when, um, that whole, my, the, the, no, I didn't touch her, she's a girl! I was like, oh, for mm. fuck's sake. But that was like irrelevant that. two years ago. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. I don't think, I mean, obviously, yes, it's a terrible film, but, you know, to me, it just, it goes in the pile of shit along with all the rest of them, like Scary Movie 1, 2, 3, and what they're under 4. You know, it's just, yeah. they're all crap. Yeah, What's I the think- other one? <laughs> I think this one, it's, 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 a uh, date it's movie, cute. um, yeah. another epic teen movie, movie, epic movie. That's it. I think mm. it's acutely uh-huh. worse, uh, than, than even, even the ones of those that I've seen. It just, it worse really is than just, them. Yeah. I can't it, I actually think so. of a movie worse than epic movie because it specifically is taking feeble pot shots at films I really love. Whereas, uh, meet the Spartans at least is only, you know, taking vague pops at things that I just don't give a fuck about. Well, it, it's, it, well, the thing is, after it, I, I suppose you know, I only have myself to blame. It was my decision to go and see the film. I, I was a willing. We've already given way too much time to it. Sparkle. Um, yeah, you're you're left you're left feeling okay. You know, what about the cast? One might think. You know, you've got uh, Sean Maguire, who used to be in Grange Hill and EastEnders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kevin Sorbo, he played Hercules. Uh, you know what? Enough. I think we've really, yeah. if we talk about Son of Rambo for only three minutes more than this, it is an appalling abomination for us yep. to waste our time on, on the, uh, so. Right, yeah. I'll, I'll summer, I'll yeah, summarize. It, please, because I'm just depressed now. Yes, basically, uh, it's a horrible, 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 <laughs> horrible, horrible, horrible piece of work. <laughs> Uh, Contender for worst film of the year? Absolutely no. <laughs> worst film of the year but, by miles. Um, but you see, this I, is the problem. I can't say it's the worst film of the year because I've not seen it yet. I no, know it's the worst film of the year. Okay. But that, it can't be well, there in my in my year review. I think it can with me. <laughs> it, it, I, I just, I, it's, I can't imagine a, who this is supposed to appeal to. As I said, I can only assume it's stupid people. Uh, basically, it, it, it's so daft. It's so, so agonizingly terrible that, uh, yeah, it left me slightly dazed and confused for several hours afterwards. Well, let's just hope that our podcast listeners aren't just, you know... No, not one of our listeners would go and see this. Not one of them. Uh, Paul only saw it for research purposes. There's no it's, reason for anyone else to. So uh, it's, it's... If you could take evil, <laughs> still it... <laughs> And then place it into on a 68 cinema. minutes of light entertainment. This is it. There it is. That's Toss. It. Okay, uh, move on, please. Um, is, is there anything else you saw or did this week at all, Paul? 
Uh, I'm still recovering from Eat the Spartan. <laughs> okay. Actually, I will say that when you phoned me on uh, Sunday the day, well, the moment after you'd actually seen it, it was in the following hours, You, sa- I thought, oh, God, something was wrong with him. Maybe maybe his mum's dead. Because you sounded like you were in, in mourning in some way. Yes. But I realise now you're in mourning for the innocence you possessed before you saw Meet the Spartans. Yeah, I- I've laid the £8.50. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. At least you spent £8.50 in a better way as well that day by what was you? Yes, by, by purchasing the, uh, for nine quid, the season one of The Office, the American series of The Office. Awesome. Which is one of the greatest things ever. Oh, brilliant. So. Uh, that's made me chuffed. Thank you. Just wait, the way may roam. Always a hero comes home. Okay, so Tony, I just let you uh, Beowulf on Blu-ray, and you, you saw it over the weekend, I believe, and uh, you, you said you were going to tell me uh, what you felt uh, on the podcast, so I still don't know what you thought of it. This is your second viewing. Remember, you hated it the first time. I did hate it the first time. I, I personally can't remember what I said on the podcast back then. Um, I'm sure there's probably clips on that you can find that make it sound awfully good. But, um... <laughs> I, I really, really did not like this film when I saw it in the cinema. Um, but could have been for multiple reasons. Um, 3D, puke, uh, <laughs> people, <laughs> fights in the cinema. Probably didn't help towards the, the enjoyment of this I'm film. amazed I liked it. Yeah. Um, so I promised Alex after, I, obviously, I, I ranted about hating it and he ranted about loving it, that, that we knew there was some sort of disconnect there and maybe I should sit down and watch it again. So let me the Blu-ray version. Let's get that out of the way first. Boy, does that look lovely. God. That's a good-looking Blu-ray. I haven't even seen it in 1080p yet. I shall have a look next time I come round to you just so I can test it out. But yeah, it's, so that, I mean, that's, that's flawless, lovely. Um, so on to the film. Well... I quite enjoyed it. Ah, I, I know. I just I've broken my own rule of going back and enjoying stuff. I, like, I know why I enjoyed this more. It's like me time. with Serenity. It is. But no, I mean that's different. That's Serenity, one of the greatest films ever made. This is Beowulf. Let's not get too cute, sir. Okay. I can tell you the reasons why I think I enjoyed it more of a second time. Um, when a few critics have said, or a few people in the industry have said that. Um, 3D is the format that's going to be taken over in the next few years and it's going to dominate like 50% of the market. Um, can I just shoot them now and prevent this from happening? Because 3D is the most distracting piece of shit technology that has been shit since the day it was conceived back in the Jaws 3D thing. I'm sure somewhere it works, maybe in a thick part. Like it's 3D. Yeah, you know, when, when you're surrounded by millions of Miley Cyrus, things. maybe. Oh my god. Possibly that works. But I, I think I would watch <laughs> porn in 3D. That would be worthwhile, but nothing but else. In the cinema, with a stupid set of spectacles, even if they're slightly better than the last gen of spectacles, the experience is still completely rubbish and gives you a headache and is completely yeah. distracting. And in, um, on some occasions will make you chunder. Will make you vomit. Yes. I have proof of this. <laughs> 
You took tests. Um, it's in if my you have min- a migraine, don't go in. Yes, for God's Please. sake. Please. Oh, anyway, so, you know... <laughs> Beowulf, um, now with carrots. Back to, you know, back to Beowulf. It's... I sat down, and obviously without all the chaos that was going around me and stupid 3D technology, you can actually sit down and appreciate the film for what it is. And what the film is, is utter stupidity from the moment it starts to the moment it ends. With you know the plot, I still don't think the plot is anything to shout home about at all. I still think the um, some of the voice acting and some of the uh, the actual acting of the people is still pretty ropey. But you get to see what marvel they've actually done with the technology side of this, which you can't do in 3D. It's all about pokey pokey arrows into the screen and look at the wonderful fireplace. When really you should be going. My God, that looks like people. I, I, my God, that's really impressive. Um, and I think I just saw saw what it was. It was just a, a bit of a, a stupid romp of a film that was um, just good fun. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to give it a five. I'm not going to give it a four. It goes up from a one to a solid three. Why? Well, hey. Which that's the best I could hope for, really. Which was probably better than what you could hope for. So my yeah, real three complaint. Of the, three of the three D distraction. It's uh, actually not too. It's shame. something. I'm. I'm. You know that experience was horrible, and I, anything that comes out in three D again, unless somebody tells me that no, really they've made an improvement, and I'm just going to avoid it like the plague. I. I, I, I think I will avoid it, uh, even if someone does say, "Oh, it's awesome," because I. They're them. I'm me. I've worked out now. I don't like things in three D. Yeah. It's it's just rubbish. It really. I made. Is. A, I, I I remember having the having the choice. Uh, made a conscious decision to. Uh, this this was following the discussion. You know, following on from hearing what happened that fateful Sunday <laughs> uh, with the chunder and all that. Um, and uh, don't, thought, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to go and see the 2D version here. So yeah, it's a decision but, I don't regret. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, ultimately, I I don't think it's still the best film in the world. And, it's got its problems, but it's just good fun, and I think the 3D was just distracting uh, from that. So, you know, I recommend people watching now, which is more than I would have done a month ago. So, well, okay. Thank you for lending for me, because I, I do have an appreciation You're for it now. quite welcome, mate. Can I borrow a bridge to Terabithia on Blu-ray? Of course you can. Thank you. That's okay. Um, so, yeah, briefly, Sega, Sega Superstar Tennis, Rainbow Six Vegas 2. Right, Rainbow Six Vegas 2. Um... The sequel, obviously, of Rainbow Six Vegas, the, which was a really, yeah, really quite impressive game. Um, back near, I, I suppose, about a year into the 360s life, they released it, um, and it was looking, you know, it was, it was good, it was interesting. I loved the Rainbow Six franchise, so it was, it was fun. Um, so we get to Rainbow Six Vegas two uh, about a year later. Um, I was initially quite impressed with this game. Um, it, it seemed to be doing everything that Rainbow Six Vegas did right. Um, and here's the ultimate catch here. It seemed to do everything that Rainbow Six Vegas did. <laughs> and, uh, it seems to do no more. A year later, I'm playing the same game. Thank you, Mr. Ubisoft. Um, unfortunately, a year later, the graphics engine, which they've improved a little bit, now lags behind the rest. It's it's still on the Unreal 3 engine, but obviously they've designed it the way they've designed it to run, and it's just starting to look slightly dated now. Uh, just yeah, you know, it's all right, but nothing special to write home about. The combat's mostly the same. You just you know, it's really easy to move around your you know the people around the map and give them guidance and tell them to frag clear rooms. All that's still the you know, fundamental gameplay is still quite fun, but the problem here is that in Rainbow Six Vegas One. Uh, you were fighting like through the actual 
uh, Vegas Strip through the middle of the town. You had all the big Vegas hotels around you, and it was fantastic, and you were actually battling your way through uh, the actual Vegas hotels and all the yeah. money machines were bringing. You had the, the boards there, and you, you were battling through these hotels. It was really good. Now it seems like, all right, we've done that. So what haven't we done? Well, we haven't done the brown back alleys, or maybe we haven't done the attic level, or maybe we haven't done the underground car park. Oh, please spare me this. It was just like, okay, you've taken all the glitz, the glitz and glamour that the first one had. So it just feels like a down, down and dirty. And I'm not even going to get started on the story. Rainbow Six Vegas One finished on a real big cliffhanger. The the person you were chasing ultimately escapes in a helicopter right at the end of the game. And just as that happens, there's a big to-be-continue screen. Well, apparently not to be continuing Rainbow Six Vegas 2, because it's a complete different story. Thanks. Mm. So, in a, it, it does it does a whole thing like five years ago, and it, it follows a guy called Bishop instead of the normal Ding uh, character. Um, so it's just like, what, why am I doing this? It, what it is, it's an expansion pack. If this was released on the PC, you'd be paying... Fifteen twenty pounds from the expansion pack, um, and ultimately you're not. You're paying forty pounds for this uh, in retail. They've done some nice. They, they've actually improved a couple of things. The, the multiplayer, although still I I can't get on with it. I can see they've improved it. I don't like the cover system. It, it seems to be random that you can get shot from everywhere because people are just popping around from doors. Maybe a realistic, but sorry, um, I, I will take fun over realism any day. Um, they've added this really quite. It used to have an XP system in the multiplayer, and they've added that now onto the single player. So you get points for doing headshots and you know killing people with grenades and stuff. And that's actually quite good. You level up your character a bit like every other game nowadays since Call of Duty has, uh, has come up that is, is now using that format. But ultimately, the pr- the problem is it feels like last year's game. We've had Call of Duty 4 that's come out now, which is, you know, the single player is better and the multiplayer is better. Halo 3's come out now, the single player is better, the multiplayer is better. You know, Gears of War has come out and that's better in every way. So it just feels like I'm playing the first generation of Xbox game. So, a big disappointment. Going to give it a 3 out of 5. It's still worth your time just to kind of go through it. And and, yeah, Rainbow Six is still a good game, but it's just... It, it, they need to take it back off, you know, take it away for a couple of years and not bring it out again next year because it needs some major improvements or just release the multiplayer pack, which seems to be what everybody desperately wants. But uh, this isn't really the, the sequel I was hoping for. So there we go. Um, the other game I played, though, which was, I was suspecting to be the more kind of um, lukewarm reception review, was Sega's Superstar Tennis. I can hear you go, huh? Yeah. Uh, <coughs> now, they actually released a demo of this on the in the marketplace, and I was actually rather unimpressed with it. Okay, it's like a, a fairly average tennis game, whatever. Um, but I got the, the game through my rental service, through the post, slapped it in, thought, yeah, I played a couple of matches, seemed to have the same opinion. But then you get into something called the Superstar Mode, which basically is based around all their... Okay, here, here we go. What what would you class as a Sega superstar? So, um, you know, what characters would you class as? Sonic the Hedgehog, Toe Jam and Earl. Um, uh, well, Sonic's there, it. Toe Jam's not. But Earl is? No, no, okay, no Toe Jam and Earl aren't. But Sonic is. Samba yeah. D'Amigo. Um, t- the girl from Ooh La La from that Sega dancey sim thing. What's it called? Correct. 
Space yep. City Space Zero. Space Channel 5. Space Channel 5. Um, oh, Choo Choo Rocket. Yeah, you know Some that. Some dude from Crazy <laughs> Taxi. No. No? But my, my point here is, right, so I'm going to give you a, a quick rundown the of the characters. bass fishing there. guy. <laughs> <laughs> they, they've, got, they've got, like, the, the, the staple Sonic characters. They've got Sonic, Amy, Tails. Shadow, Tails, and Dr. Eggman. Yeah, so that's their, their normal. You expect those to be in there. Uh-huh. They've actually got Super Monkey Ball characters in there. Um, AI and Mimi. Oh, yeah, they did do that, yeah. they got Knights characters in there. they got Ooh La La. And they got um, Jet Set Radio characters. So they got um, Beating and Gun. Jet Set Radio was a really good game on the Dreamcast. Uh, they got Alex Kidd in there, Samuel Domingo. Alex Kidd should be yeah. buried with a stake in his fucking yeah. And the Golden Axe guy. Now, Little oh, Mario God. wannabe. Here's, here's my problem. You mean Tyrus Flair from Golden Axe? Scantily clad babe. Nah, the green dude, the guy with the axe. <laughs> oh, uh, Gilius Thunderhead. <laughs> That's the one. Not he Axe really Battler, the guy with the sword. Who? So here's the problem. Because you look at you look at the Nintendo sports games, or you, you know their variation of games, and I'll, I'll look at Super Smash Brothers. Their back catalogue is so interesting. There's there's stuff you grew up with. Ultimately, you're playing the Sega game. You're like, no, really, they actually don't have really that many mascots outside of Sonic. Sonic. I was actually quite surprised. I mean, that's a fairly weak lineup, I would argue. What about Axel from Streets of Rage? No. no. Oh, that would be cool. I'd like that. That's a bit of a, bit of a, it's a missed opportunity right there. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, so... He could go, yeah, every time he swung his tennis racket. Ultimately, I ended up just playing Ooh La La because she's got a really sexy short mini skirt and going... Yeah. And, and so what? Like, you, you, you pick your superstar, you play tennis, what else? Well, this it. You get into what they call the the superstar mode. So the tennis, the, I'll, I'll get this out the right straight away. The tennis is really mundane and boring. Um, there's only two buttons: one's normal hit, one's slice. And uh, quite frankly, both of them don't really do any any difference. And the tennis part of it's just quite frankly the. But the superstars mode's really good. They've basically taken um, ideas from each one of those games and taken the music and the, all the graphics assets. So if you imagine Super Monkey Ball. And the idea is that you're you're that side of the court. Um, the balls are being fired at you, and you've got to hit the, the the monkey balls into different hoops and rings and stuff. And it takes some sort of skill and judgment. And you got the monkey ball playing, and you got the actual monkeys in the ball. And it's like, hey, this is really quite fun. Monkeys Jet in set, the ball. <laughs> Jet Set Radio. You're basically you've got to hit the different coloured graffiti balls um, to actually do graffiti on the wall. So just like the, the kind of game. So you're like, you know that. That, to me, is all fun. In the Space Channel 5 level, you, you've got the whole kind of cool dancing going on. Sam and Domingo, you've got all the maracas and, and stuff. And the levels are really just fun and enjoyable. And I, I had an absolute blast. There's 101 different minigames um, in there. And some of them, like uh, Pyro Pop Fever, you're actually playing the game that would you'd normally play on whatever Sega system that was released on. Um and it was really quite good. One, I tell you, one of my favourites is the virtual cop one, where you've got balls, uh, like the normal virtual cop pop-up balls that are kind of going across the screen, and you have to hit your tennis ball exactly right to kind of um, hit there where their gun is facing, and then you get a bit of big guy, and boom, you've actually shot them. It's really good fun, and it's just pure, harmless, good fun. And I really would recommend anyone with... Um, is it fun, though? Families. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, this is it. I mean, it ultimately, it's stupid. It really is stupid. And it's I've said this thing about the you know, the Mario game, you know, any of the, the Mario Super Strikers and, and stuff like that. A lot of it is just enjoying 
the back catalogue of ty- uh, back catalogue of characters that you've you know, you've you've grown up with. And a lot of these games I've played, so a lot of them, the mini games were you know instantly recognisable to me, and I could know what I was doing. So ultimately, if you're a Sega fan, I actually say it's quite a good game to play because it will bring back a lot of memories, certainly with all the tunes and the the thing, and it, it makes it quite a worthwhile game. So I'm actually going to rate that a four out of five. I really quite enjoyed it. Brilliant. Uh, yeah. So. There we go. That's what I've been playing this week. I've started Dark Sector and I'm moving on to Condemned 2, so I'm going into a real horrible place. What, the what's the weapon you use in Dark Sector? The glaive. The, the, the glaive. The glaive. Like, <laughs> oh, no way. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> although probably uh, be playing, a bit, hopefully, a bit of Mario Kart in the not-too-distant future. Oh, shit. Yeah. Is that on the way? Yeah. Yes. Yep, it's on Friday. Um, See so, yeah. I'm actually finally excited about uh, Grand Theft Auto uh, 4. So I'll, yeah, I'll be buying that at the end of the month on the same day and trying my. I will try my best to Tony that bugger. I'll put everything else on hold. You can play it until Rock Band comes out and then never touch it again. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Okay, we've th- we got three weeks out of it. Okay, right, so let's let's finish off then. Oh, I just wanted to say June Bug, uh, lovely film. Um, has Amy Adams in it being lovely and fantastic as always and just really <laughs> with most indie pictures these days about family I, it's, it's very much sort of I've seen these films ten times before oh, for f- yeah. I, I was amazed Hope Davids wasn't in it at all but um, <laughs> good film fairly good a nice sort of sympathetic um, at the same time quite acerbic portrait of both Southern and uh, New York um, attitudes to one another uh, when thrust together by a family but specifically the, the standout um, act was uh, Amy Adams from Enchanted yeah. um, <laughs> who just I, I was just Smiling every time she she was on screen, and, and she, just this portrait of innocence, but at the same time not yucky and annoying. Um, uh, she's going to go. I, I also like Ben McKenzie as well, who uh, is uh, he's in it as well. He, was he, he her husband? Or? Um, yeah, the young guy. The yeah, he's uh, he was good. He was. It was a good performance. He, he interestingly enough, we've covered the OC three times. That's that's pretty good going. <laughs> Indeed. So, um, the Kevin uh, Sorbo. That we get, we got the we got OC theme going right here. Nice. I also like Mission Only Bar- for you, Paul. <laughs> um, shall we very briefly cover Ikaruga? Because I only played it for about ten minutes. Go for it. It's hard. Let's move on. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so hard that I, I, it would be, I would be crazy to buy it. I mean, you got to shoot the fun? white dudes with the white power and the black dudes. I know. It's not a difficult concept to get my head around. The difficult concept mm. is, is avoiding the bullets. It's <laughs> See, I didn't even know that until Tony told me. I was <laughs> no. like, oh. I, 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 I was... flew around, shot things, and died. And you didn't oh. notice that when you pressed a certain button, your ship went black and then white again? No. Turned no. over? Ah. Just firing at the screen. I just it's, didn't. This is the away. game that you would have to pay £250 for on the Dreamcast to, uh, to give it a go before. <laughs> It's so I'm glad Why I was yeah, it. Yeah, like I. What was what? Because it was, was so rare. They only released it like very very briefly. Or they released like 500 copies to Europe and another thousand copies in the states, and thus it was rare as rock and roll. Oh, much right. like it, uh, it came out on the kit on the GameCube, right? As well, yeah. presumably. A bit more. I think so. Yeah, I think the, uh, Radiant Silver Gun was much the same way, and uh, Castlevania yeah. Symphony of the Night. When people realised it was awesome, everyone just sort of went chasing after it. So it went way up, and now. Um, yeah. It's, it's ultimately these uh, releasing them in digital formats like this suddenly drops the price of these like, <laughs> massively. I think I was looking for Sid Meier's Pirates on Xbox, and in America it's going for like sixty-six quid. Um, but surely 
it must be available in America to download as well on Xbox Live. Yeah. Yes, I think so. That's crazy then. They're never going to sell it on Amazon for 66 quid. But, uh, yeah, I was just, you know, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, on games like that, if I can still buy it in the shops, I actually would prefer to buy it in the shops and then sell it on if I don't play it for any more because I've been yeah. stung by uh, downloadable content before Prince of Persia, I'm looking at you, and um, <laughs> I just, I'd like to have be able to sort of go back on my purchase well, a little bit. In, in the forthcoming weeks or so, when we've got a free bit of time, I want to cover the whole arcade and the PlayStation Store and stuff like that, yeah, and this, this whole subject, so... I, I, I bought um, Siphon Filter a few weeks ago when I got, first got the PS1, PS3, um, and... I'm kind of regretting it. I played it for a bit, and I, exactly what I was hoping was there, the uh, the taser. Remember when you sort of whack someone with it, and they go, ah, and then they burst into flames. You're like, yeah, that's good. And then you walk into them, and then you burst into flames, and you're like, oh, that's shit. <laughs> yeah, same thing, only with awful fucking frame rate. So uh, there's I think one of my favorite games ruined. Ikaruga, I think, is one of those places that I everybody says it's fantastic, and I, and I probably do believe them, but... Um, it is rock hard, and I think the kind of people that say that game's fantastic are the same people that play those games all the yeah, time. And hard. Have Men- the ability to, yeah. yeah. But for your average person, 10 minutes is, is good enough. I can play one yeah. level and download it again in a few I'm months' time. <laughs> quite happy to play that uh, one level. It's, it's good. Yeah. It's, not, it's really nice to have the opportunity. And I think that they should really continue doing that because it may be a niche market, but it's fulfilling um, people's dreams of being able to get hold of these games for a reasonable amount of money. I mean, I think I still might buy Symphony of the Night because I like that kind of game. Um, but I'd rather buy it on PlayStation than sell it on. <laughs> anyway, so shall we talk about Son of Rambo? Why not? Let's do it. Right. Who wants to start? Well, you're always good at doing synopsis, so okay. I might as well cover that. I will briefly cover it. Uh, in the uh, summer of 1982, a young man named Lee Carter, who is at school and is a, a rebellious... Uh, I think Sharon described him as the uh, uh, most wonderful, compelling, uh, and, and, and interesting little shit she had ever seen. <laughs> he, he's a horrible, thuggish little boy. You know, one of his first uh, um, things, things you ever see him do, he's, he's recording um, First Blood, on a video camera and smoking in the cinema um, which was of course acceptable in those days yeah. and then he, he goes home to this wonderfully bouncy track by Joby Tolbert and uh, chucks a ball at a guy pa- uh, who's painting his house it just, like, it just totally nonchalant like oh there's a ball I chuck it at that guy there and that really balls of his ladder yeah, yeah it, it just it really says this is Lee Carter he chucked balls at people and then <laughs> uh, you're introduced to William what's William's surname Son of Rambo. Spoke with a W, so that they wouldn't uh, say Shatner, but I know it's not. (laughs) His name is not William Shatner. Anyway, (laughs) it doesn't. It will. uh, No, doesn't say. Anyway, um. So I don't think it's spelled. I don't think it was spelled like that to avoid problems with Rambo. That's if that's what you were suggesting. Um, actually, I think Garth Jennings said something to that effect when I uh, heard him on a podcast, so I may have just got the wrong end of the stick, but it doesn't no. really matter. No, I doubt it matters, yeah. 
Okay, um, but it does add a certain kind of sweet innocence to the <laughs> to the productions. As, as literally, it, it doesn't say on the tin you're going to get more of what comes from Rambo. This is a kid's take on Rambo. It's uh, directed uh, by Garth Jennings, who did uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which I liked. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think it's a bit of a bum rap. Yeah, totally. It, it, it got kicked around, especially by the British. You were like, we waited t- 30 years for this thing, and it finally comes out, and it's, it's, it's only good. We wanted it to be <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> uh, but I liked it. Remember the, um, the So Long and Thanks for All the Fish by uh, Neil, Neil Hannon? That was great. Um, but yeah, okay, right. So this is vaguely autobiographical because back in the, back in the day when Garth Jennings was a wee boy about their age, uh, uh, with the Tongs part of the Hammer and Tongs film production crew that he later started, um, he saw First Blood, uh, much like the, uh, we didn't even mention who Will is yet. Will's a small, quiet, um, shy, retiring Christian boy who's got some ver- fairly religious mum, um, and d- doesn't really speak all that much at school and is, you know, his dad, is his dad dead? Yeah. His dad's yes. dead, yeah. Um, and, yeah, he and Lee get thrown together due to various uh, mis- under- accidents during detention and things happening. And uh, there's a bit with a tennis ball which brought the house down. And, um, okay, so he and Lee kind of get together and inadvertently Will sees the taped copy of Off the Cinema of, uh, of First Blood, which is the only instance I can ever suggest that piracy is a good thing. <laughs> because he's totally overstimulated by it and he goes running out into the fields and running around with a, with an arrow and, and uh, Im- imagining he's not only Rambo but the son of Rambo and, and, and it, it, it just it awakens and explodes his tiny little mind and then he and Lee set about shooting a film which Lee was planning to do anyway but now turns into sort of son of Rambo um, which I'd, basically Will gives Lee direction and Lee gives Will energy and passion and and this is wonderful double act emerges and what we get is one of the most extraordinarily charming films i have seen in bloody ages it's it's set in 1982 and everything is steeped in 80s culture and I, the entire film is filled with bits where you go corona do you remember corona and things like that space and, dust yeah my entire audience seemed to be in their late 20s, early 30s, and mid 40s, and every five minutes there was a oh moment. And even if it was just a collection of bits from 1982, that would be good enough. But the film itself is brilliant. So I don't want to overstate it. How did you guys think of it? That awkward silence that you always get after you say that. Aye. But last time I answered, so I'm passing it to Paul. Yes. <laughs> um. Okay, uh, well, I don't, I don't have much to add, really, to what you've said. I mean, I, th- I think it's an absolutely terrific piece of work. Mm. So, um, really confident, um, really, really, you know, e- you know, excellently put together, really well acted, that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, just really lovely, just left with a big grin, left center with a big grin on my face, yeah. Me too. And laughed at, lo- at one point. Uh, one particular line laughed out loud in the auditorium, in the auditorium, rather embarrassing myself. Is that in reference to a Frenchman? Yes, thought so. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the film unfolds where the, these kids sort of put together this really, um, you know, really meat and potatoes version of uh, a follow up to First Blood, which incidentally, you know, on seeing the finished product, was way better than Rambo First Blood Part Two by miles. 
and a thousand times better than Rambo 3. Um, it's their interpretation of the Rambo universe, and he, he wants to save his dad. Played Was that Eric Sykes in the old folks' home? I think it was. The old guy. Who wanted I actually don't know. I think it was. Um, but, yeah, but it's about their lives and how ultimately um, they, they affect each other in positive ways. Will sort of comes out of his shell. Lee finds himself, you know, toning himself down just a little bit and acting up slightly less. And also coming to terms with uh, understanding of his relationship with his brother, who's sort of become his only real parent since his other parents are sort of totally absent from the, from the uh, proceedings of his life. Um, and uh, significantly, every relationship in the movie is handled very well. They, they never sort of paint things with a big broad brush and go, "There you go. That's what. Well, that's why religion is bad." It just ultimately it comes down to the way people handle their relationships and the way people handle how they want other people to behave as a result of them. Um, but yeah, it's inspiring stuff, and uh, it's made me want to be a filmmaker again. <laughs> Did you ever lose that then? No, I didn't. I just I, I started uh, trying to do a film last year, as as well you know, and and various things got in the way and kicked me in the bollocks, and uh, it just didn't really happen at that point. I've been trying to get back on the horse, and I think I've just got the uh, stroke of inspiration I needed. So um, yeah, it's it, lovely stuff. Really, five stars. Yeah, I agree. I I mostly agree with you. I I damn you! Come on, I mean I. The thing I love about the film is the characters. They're, they're perfectly played. The two young boys are, you know, are inspirational and, you know, the best thing to sit there and watch. So they're really, really a good find. And hopefully they go on to do bigger and, you know, I don't know, necessarily better things, but, you know, bigger things. Not possible. Um, <laughs> I, there's a couple of bits of story I don't think were particularly well worked on. I, you know, the whole Reverend section of the religion stuff, it seemed to be like there was more there and certainly with the relationship with his mother, there could have been more there and it kind of finished up in a bit of a, you know, actually, I didn't mind the ending so much, but there, there seemed to be some stuff there and certainly even stuff with his father, like, that maybe they could have worked on a bit more and made it a bit more emotional in that degree. Um, but it's it's just a real charming film. I don't think there's anybody in that audience that could honestly walk out and say, "Fuck oh, that was crap." Because yeah, it's really hard not to like, isn't it? You'd have to probably be. I mean, e- even if you were a small kid and you'd never experienced the '80s, you'd relate to it because you're a kid. So it's a film that really can appeal to pretty much everyone, apart from maybe very girly girls. <laughs> but, and, this, and the eighties stuff is fantastic because you know obviously it's our generation. We did grow up through there. I mean, more the nineties are more significant to me. But you know, there was certain stuff there and there certain tunes that I was just you know, bopping away to. So I think it get mostly right. I do think the story they could have tightened up a bit, and I think there's a little bit, you know, maybe a little bit more running time. I would have been even more on the side. So ultimately, I'm going to give it a four, not quite a five, but you know, it gets a four, which is good. Better than Beowulf, go. I- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, great stuff. So, still a massive recommendation to see. Wicked, and I can't wait for uh, the DVD of it because it should have Aaron Part One, which is uh, the the original uh, film that uh, Garth Jennings and Nick Goldsmith is the Tongs part um, of Hammer and Tongs. Um, they made back in the '82, I believe, and it sort of, kind of follows a similar storyline to Son of Rambo's, or the, the, the titular homemade film. Um, I think they have to. I think the, the, uh, the, a bunch of terrorists take someone hostage, and, and they want money because, of course, in the, in the eyes of a small kid, 
that's what terrorists want. They want <laughs> money. Because there's, they, they can't comprehend that terrorists just want to make people shit themselves. Um, and then they burn down a shed, because that's what terrorists do. Um, <laughs> but I can't... I, oh. Okay. I'm, I'm obviously... You know, there's so many good things on the way, like Iron Man and Hellboy 2 and, and uh, Narnia and Harry Potter and stuff which I'm really looking forward to. And maybe some you know non-blockbusters which might sort of surprise me. But, you know, you, you never see the, the indie ones coming, do you? They just sort of... Yeah. Although, actually, I've been waiting for this, this one sort of around for two years. But, yeah, things like Garden State tend to blindside you. But oh, um, like once suddenly comes out from nowhere, you're like, okay, yeah. that's the best one. I'm going to say provisionally that this is up against um, films like uh, Juno and um, Sweeney Todd as far as enjoyability goes uh, for my best film of the year. Um, and on a technical scale, obviously, it's up against uh, There Will Be Blood. It ain't, it ain't going to win on a technical level against There Will Be Blood. Yeah. But as far as favourite film of the year, definitely prefer it to There Will Be Blood. As much as I do love the extraordinary performance and, and the fantastic direction. Um, Son of Rambo, if, I think the last time I was charmed this much, and it wasn't as much, was Enchanted. And uh, on that note... I think we should do, like, a uh, when we get to six months, six months of this year, we should do a, a bit of a round-up of yeah. what's been what's so, far this year so far and what's yeah. coming on. But uh, this year, so far, has been a really good year for, for cinema. Obviously, we're getting last year's stuff from America. Which oh, the orphanage is fantastic as well, but it's probably going to suffer from, like, rewatchability issues. Mm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a good idea, Tony. Okay, right. So this is the Digital Cowboys. I've been Alex Shaw. I've been Paul Shaw. And hi, I've been Tony Atkins. And we're going to leave you with some uh, <laughs> topically 80s music. Thank you very much, gentlemen. See you all next week.
He was a man of peace living on a quiet farm in North Dakota. Till one day, all hell broke loose. Tim, we need you. I'm a man of peace. I'm done killing. I want to raise a family. That's just it, Tim. They've got your family. No! Jack Howitzer is Tim in Exploder. From the heart of America to the jungles of Cambodia, follow one man's quest for peace. Hoochie Bat, is that you? Tim, I know you come. Just like old days, we kill everybody. Tim, they've got your wife, but I'm not married. You are now to America. He went in to save his country, but found his family and lost a friend. Hoochie! Tim, don't leave me. You taught me baseball, Tim, and how to rap. No! He would have been a fine American. I'll cry when I'm done killing. Get yourself a body bag. Strap yourself in. Start making friends the American way. Exploder. Evacuator Part 2. Rated PG. May include patriotic garbage.